0: You are listening to So You Want to Read Tolkien, a podcast that goes through each of J.R.R. Tolkien's main works, chapter by chapter, and discusses them in a most ridiculous manner.
1: Gentlemen, today is my 100th birthday!
0: Don't follow the lights. If you want him, come and claim him. we well, One does
2: not simply walk into Mordor. I would cut off your head, dwarf, if it stood but a little higher from the ground. We've had one, yes. What about
1: second breakfast?
2: Yadonath. Till at last I threw down my enemy and smote his ruin upon the mountainside. What's happening out there? Shall I describe it to you? Or would you like me to find you a box?
0: Now, don't be hasty, Master Mediador.
2: Is
0: this new Hello and welcome to So You Want to Read Tolkien, Book 4, Chapter 10 The Choices of Master Samwise, The End of the Two Towers, The End of the Middle, The Last. Of this book, I don't have anything else. Did you know where you were going with (laughs) Um, that? (laughs) No, no, I had no idea where I was going with that. It's the end of this
1: part. It's the end, there'll never be another book.
0: Frodo's dead, so... Presumably. No more spider after this chapter, but we still have some in this chapter. Anyways, I'm Caitlin, and I'm excited to put up my Christmas tree, because we just spent ten minutes before we hit record talking about
1: Christmas trees. Mm -hmm. I'm Rachel, and I'm excited to cut down a Christmas tree because it makes me feel like a badass.
2: Um, And I'm Emmy, and I have just started watching, finally, uh, my first episode of The Great British Bake Off, and everyone lied to me because they said this show was going to be soothing, and in fact, I find it incredibly stressful the entire time. (laughs) I did not enjoy myself at all.
1: (laughs) But are you watching the original or the new stuff?
2: No, this is... Okay, so this is the first series according to Netflix, which I understand is not actually the very first... But it still British has Mary Berry. Series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Sue
1: and Mel. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's still a cooking show. Like, there's still stress, but, like, in as far as cooking shows go, it's the most pleasant.
2: Yeah. I, mm, mm, I like the food at the end, but, man, stress is, It gets to me. I
0: have. Yeah. Am- I don't watch cooking shows at all.
2: I don't watch them at all anymore either because they make me so anxious. But everybody was like, this one is great. This one isn't going to do that to you. This one is charming. And I was like, great. And then, you know, I started it, which means I committed to watching the episode. And it was charming, but it was not soothing. And it was, in fact, still making me anxious.
0: But your Sims weren't failing out of college.
2: No, no. But other things happened to them. So I modded my game, which... For people who don't play Sims 4, probably don't care. But for people who do play Sims 4, it turns what is a very uh, charming and funny and innocent game into like an adult level game where you can give people cancer and add serial killers and give them drug addictions. Um, So my Sims who haven't failed out of college now have different problems to deal with. There's a serial killer on campus. Well then, (laughs) I'm having so much fun.
1: All right. So characters this week. We have Sam who is an extremely fearsome enemy, probably a large elf, definitely come to murder the orcs. (laughs) Uh, We have Frodo. He dead. Definitely dead. Super dead. Dead. Uh, We have Shilum, who is still nightmare fuel. And we get to meet a couple of orcs. So we have Shagrat, who is orc middle management from the Tower of Curith Ungol. And we have Gorbag, who is orc middle management from Minas Morgol. It's great. They basically have water cooler talk.
0: (laughs) That's what it is. We go from nightmare fuel to water cooler talk, which actually really describes working in an office. Yeah. Uh, Like, that's what it is. You're in a nightmare and then suddenly gossip.
1: I mean, pretty much.
2: I wonder what the the working conditions are like for orcs in Mordor. I mean, they They pretty clearly tell us not good. (laughs) Yeah, but this is just some of them. Not all orcs. No, I'm kidding. Okay, so our short summary for this chapter. Sam makes a bunch of wrong choices, but still, somehow, by the end, is super heroic. At least he made choices with
1: more ease than Aragorn.
2: Yeah, right? That's he heroic in and of
1: itself.
0: Yeah. That is, I do compare him to Aragorn in our long summary here. <laughs> so, let's get into it. So, um, we left off last time Sam turning around and seeing Shelob and Frodo and that he was too late. So, Sam rushes up to them. Uh sees Frodo lying on the ground with Sting lying beside him and Frodo is all wrapped up in wet webbing. Sam grabs Sting and I'm going to read from the book. No onslaught more fierce was ever seen in the savage world of beasts where some desperate small creature armed with little teeth alone will spring upon a tower of horn and hide that stands above its fallen mate. How do not read that? Like sorry eggs like (laughs) see here's the thing all that we know about tolkien gives me personally the thought that he was if like i probably probably nobody ever asked him how he felt about gay people certainly i don't know how he felt about gay people but i've always just assumed he's a typical stodgy old white man catholic and doesn't like them right uh, yeah but maybe not i just the, I don't the previous
1: know. things have been like, okay, you know, you can talk him off, but like, now you're literally likening them to mates.
0: Yeah. Like, and see, it- here's the thing. A lot of my thought about how Tolkien never meant for this to be seen uh, in a gay relationship way comes from what other white men have had to say about this book.
2: Mm-hmm. That's very true. That's the canon.
0: Right? And also comes from uh, watching like Tolkien documentaries about the friendships that he had with men and blah 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 and how <laughs> that's what he was trying to emulate. But maybe people are just saying that because they don't like gay people and maybe Tolkien did.
1: <laughs> I mean he does still send Sam back and you know marries her off and has him have kiddos.
0: Yeah that's that's pretty shitty. Like
2: that was what happy endings looked like though.
0: I guess that's true. Well, maybe Sam is is bisexual
2: in a society. So
0: I don't know. Yeah, actually, Sam is a bisexual. Makes one hundred percent sense. The torn in two thing. (laughs) You know, being in love with both of them.
1: It definitely makes sense. But I know I still. That's it's an interesting point you bring up. Like we assume it's not because of everything we've read, but also so much is coming from that perspective too. I still. Doubt he meant it because stodgy Catholic, when being gay was still a, you know,
0: yeah, no, I, I don't punishable I, offense, but I'd be, I don't understand how people. Well, no, I do understand, but I'm upset that nobody has really interviewed him about this. Like, why does Sam love Frodo so much? Why did he choose that? I want to know,
1: mm-hmm. and and why did he choose to describe it like this?
0: Yeah, because if if Sam isn't you know what? No, Sam is in love with Frodo. Like, there's no other choice, especially in this chapter.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. And, and it is. It's just which there are many different types of love and they are all completely and 100% valid and important. But they all, he also Tolkien also uses the word mate very specifically.
0: Yeah. It's yeah. As choice. someone who chooses his words very specifically. Mm-hmm. So it's just it's I'm I just wish we knew more about how Tolkien felt about all this. And as much as you can find, so much on the history and the lore and blah 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 blah. Tolkien's actual feelings on what the characters were thinking and feeling, you don't you don't find much of that out there, hmm. and it bothers me. <laughs> yeah, but back to the nightmare. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> Shelob gets herself over Sam because he's big enough, uh, because she's big enough to fit an upright Hobbit underneath her. Yurg. I mean, to be fair, that's only like three feet, but still gross. I'm sorry. Did you just say only three feet between the spiders? <laughs> I mean, belly, we knew she was huge. The floor, <laughs> anyways. And then she goes to stab him with her poison bag thingy. Oh. and mm-hmm. Sam raises Sting uh, so that she stabs down onto it, which is terrible and gross. Like this whole thing. I. I uh. anyways, so this is the greatest pain that she has ever known. So then she backs off a bit. Sam goes over to Frodo and crouches near him just as She-Love is about to spring at him again. Sam pulls out the file of Galadriel and speaks some Elvish that he totally doesn't know to speak. And then he has some really good lines. But
2: he nails the pronunciation, but, clearly. So that's impressive. It's very good.
0: So before we go anywhere else, the Elvish that he speaks is part of a hymn to Elbereth Gilthoniel. It's always a song. And so he says... Ah, elberath omental I'm going to butcher this cuz it's been a while Omenal palandirio Lenalin Jeez. c fuck me
1: just just say it with confidence that's all that matters
0: din gruthos atironin fenuli fenulos sure close that was the
2: attempt was made
0: So that passage in particular translates to, "O Elbereth Starkindler, from heaven gazing afar, to thee I cry now beneath the shadow of death. O look towards me, ever white. And it's the end of, it's like the last stanza in that.
1: So I've been listening to the complete recordings of the soundtrack. And is this, I'm trying to find if it's in the book. Is this the song? Is this what they sing when they're like watching the elves pass? Well, if
0: you recall in the book, they join the elves.
1: Right, and that's what I'm trying to find that bit in the... I
0: believe, yes. And according to Wikipedia, I was trying to find this more on like a Tolkien wiki, but I couldn't. But I think, I think um, Frodo sings this also in Rivendell. Okay. So Sam's heard it before. He's not just pulling it out of nowhere. But I do, I would presume that then, mm-hmm. like that it is some higher thing making him remember it in mm-hmm. all of it and, and like pronouncing it correctly. As mm-hmm. I just didn't. Where the heck is it that they come across the elves? It's before they leave the Shire. It's before they get to, like, it's when it's just F- Sam and Frodo and Mary and or Pippin. Three is company. There we
1: go. Gildor. Yeah.
0: I think it's then. Before they get to the new house that they bought for Frodo. Or that Frodo bought for the- Oh,
1: yeah. So, right. They do. Um, What was the, sorry, what was the translation that Sam does? It's the last verse with, we still remember, we who dwell."
0: Okay, so I'll read you the whole thing in English. O Elbereth Starkindler, white glittering, slanting down, sparkling like a jewel, the glory of the starry host, having gazed far away from the tree-woven lands of Middle-earth, to thee, ever white, I will sing, on this side of the sea, here on this side of the ocean. O Elbereth Starkindler, from heaven gazing afar, to thee I cry now, beneath the shadow of death. O look towards me, ever white.
1: Interesting, because we have a bit of the O Elbereth. Guilfonio in the Three is Company chapter, Mm -hmm. but they're different verses.
0: So it might all be part of the same thing. I'm unsure because if we go over to... I will say, okay, the Tolkien Gateway translates it a little bit differently, but doesn't have that last stanza, which is why I was going from Wikipedia. It only has the first stanza that I just read. Anyways, Mm -hmm. it's part of the hymn. Yeah. Boobapadoo. doo. Okay. No, it's just
1: interesting to put together. Yeah, that's it's at least related to something we heard way the heck back in
0: yeah the beginning of fellowship and kind of maybe implies that once Elvish is in your head, it stays there to some degree, or it's just magic. Well, I mean that would be magic too. <laughs> it's fair, <laughs> but yeah, because like magic. One, I mean, I took years and years and years of French class. That's all gone. Mm-hmm. It did not stay. So. Yeah. Anyway, so then,
1: um, where am I? I was sorry. Actually, it is interesting though cuz it's just thinking about it. Right, it's a song
0: to Elbereth and mm-hmm. not Erendil. But Elbereth is the elves' like favorite of the gods. It's the one mm-hmm. that they like to worship. It's, you know, she they love her a lot cuz she made the stars. Yeah. So, and I do believe Elbereth was the one who was like, "Come to me, Erendil, here and now you are a star." Mm-hmm. So,
1: yeah. It's just it's just interesting because it's it's not just Sam saying something different than what frodo did it's like to a different person right frodo mm-hmm. when he pulled out the file was like hail arendelle brightest of stars and now it's like you know
0: but hail Sam is like, you made all of them <laughs> yeah thank you for giving me this light yeah so it, it's, they're related no totally it's just interesting yeah um, so then Sam yells some stuff at Shelob and it's really good. So I'm going to read it. Now come, you filth, he cried. You've hurt my master, you brute, and you'll pay for it. We're going on, but we'll settle with you first. Come on and taste it again. I love Sam. It's good. I would not I mean, be nearly so brave in the face of that. <laughs> no, me neither. Um, and, and then no such terror out of heaven had ever burned in Shelob's face before. And that's, uh, I believe, in reference to the file she is not a happy spider when that file is around so uh sam just swings the sword at her a bit more but because he's got the file out she just slinks off into the darkness of her cave either to die or to recover and join tom Bombadil for the ultimate
2: takeover of middle earth later (laughs) who
0: knows which
2: it's okay Sam's indomitable spirit will stand in her way.
0: Maybe, but like because they mentioned Tom Bombadil in the last chapter.
2: It's sort of you weird know, that like, come back up. Yeah.
0: That's what I think. And 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 you know, this is the line here was very much like, We won't know her fate in this tale.
2: Oh my god, I should make a sim named Tom Bombadil. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Oh, <Emily. laughs> uh, I can make him evil. Okay. We're back. Yeah, I'm it back is I pack. mean for,
1: for all that Tolkien loves, you know, giving the future of things. In the story, like, you know, so-and-so would never be here again or whatnot. It's just like, we don't know what comes of
0: Shelob. She'll come for you all. She might come to you while you're sleeping. (laughs) I choose to think that after he becomes king, Aragorn sends some brave men into that tunnel with fire and burns all of it, including the giant spider. Set it all alight. But what if she's still there? No, and then they take her carcass out and they burn it some more. What if she makes it out? Okay, Rachel's off the podcast. <laughs> if you'd like to apply for her position,
1: please send an no. email to Wondery Talking. You have to, you have to audition with Gollum voices and absolutely terrible jokes. Right.
2: And your ability to commit to reading Sindar.
0: I think you mean Sindarin?
2: <laughs> okay, sorry, I forgot the other eye.
0: <laughs> That's how well you have to read Elvish for this podcast. <laughs> Anyways, Sam runs back to Frodo and tries to get him to wake up, and then he remembers the vision he had of Frodo in the Mirror of Galadriel, of Frodo asleep under a dark cliff, and he now realizes that Frodo wasn't asleep in that vision, but dead. Despair comes over Sam for a bit, and he just sort of pulls up his hood and sits there, which is totally fair. Uh, Sam comes out of it some unknown time later and has an Aragorn moment of indecision. Not because he doesn't know what needs to happen, but because he feels it's all kind of too big for him and that he cannot be the one to take the ring to Mount Doom and complete the quest. And he feels weird about just leaving Frodo's body behind for the orcs to find and do bad things too but eventually deciding that the council gave Frodo companions for just such an outcome as this and feeling like he really wants to go kill Gollum Sam takes the ring from around Frodo's neck two things in this
1: bit that I really liked Mm -hmm. were that part of Sam talking himself up for like that it's too big for him and like it can't be him is like reminding himself that Frodo and Bilbo are basically stuck in it the same exact way yeah that right they too didn't choose this. But and also we're too I want small the- for it kind yeah. of. But also I want the version of the story where Sam just goes berserk and goes off to hunt Gollum down.
0: I know. You're it's so like- much like
1: <laughs> fuck the ring.
0: I just want to kill Gollum. Exactly.
1: It's like full on like Batman Vengeance Sam. Like yeah. go become a it's the it's the word for a vigilante? Yeah, go become a vigilante.
0: We just switched roles. <laughs> you <laughs> couldn't find the word and I had the word. I'm, I'm never so proud, proud of us. <laughs> it's <With> teamwork. <laughs> Rachel's
2: back on the podcast.
0: Yay. <laughs> yeah. Vigilante
1: Sam would be
0: great.
2: There's a fanfic opportunity for you.
0: Sam's so nice, though. He'd be like, I am Batman. I'm so sorry.
2: I'm so sorry. Excuse <laughs> me. Excuse me. Would you like some
1: taters? I mean, that's why Batman has the no killing thing, right?
2: Yeah, I guess. Because he's,
1: he's
0: secretly Sam. <laughs> I was in a grocery store yesterday, and I wanted some potatoes. It's <laughs> just like, potatoes. What's taters, precious? And the friend that I was with did not, did not. Oh, no. It was not a good time for me. Anyway, Um, Frodo still doesn't stir when Sam takes the ring, uh, and this, more than anything else, convinces him that Frodo is gone. Sam puts the ring around his own neck and is weighed down by it for a moment before being able to lift his head and carry on, walking down the path toward the orc tower, still full of indecision and hoping to come back after the task is done and find Frodo still lying there. And then, like, I got the idea that he would just sit down beside Frodo's body and wait to die too. It kind of <laughs> sounded like
1: that. Like I don't like have a plan it, he- for if you're still here. I'll just I'll just finish this and and just come
0: die here. Like there wasn't he didn't seem to have a plan. After that he was like, "I'll come back and we'll be together again." And that was all all he wanted, which is kind of cute and disturbing. With the whole death thing. But as Sam is approaching the tower, he begins to hear orc voices from both in front of him and behind him on the narrow path. So seeing no other way out of the situation, he puts the ring on and vanishes. And I'm gonna read a bit from the book.
2: Always a good choice.
0: The world changed, and a single moment of time was filled with an hour of thought. At once he was aware that hearing was sharpened while sight was dimmed, but otherwise than in Shelob's lair. Does that make sense? Yes. Okay, cool. all things about him now were not dark but vague while he himself was there in a gray hazy world alone like a small black solid rock and the ring weighing down his left hand was like an orb of hot gold he did not feel invisible at all but horribly and uniquely visible and he knew that somewhere an eye was searching for him i really liked that paragraph
2: me too gives you chills
0: Mm -hmm. The two groups of orcs meet up, and Sam finds he can magically understand their language. Blah, blah, ring magic. Yay! Tolkien needed Sam and the reader to know what they were saying. It's very convenient. The orcs spot Frodo's body and go to get him. Sam follows, all thoughts of the quest leaving his mind at the idea that they might do evil things to Frodo's body. Once the orcs collect Frodo, they take a different way back towards the tower, and Sam follows and eavesdrops on the conversation that takes place, between the two leaders of the two different orc groups. And then we get a very odd conversation between these two about what orders they have, how they haven't been given all the information, how what they'd really like to do is find a nice house in the country to live in away from all this, to loot and plunder on their own without having to follow orders. And also the Nazgul creep them out. And then so they just like it's the weirdest conversation, and they I mean, also it discuss really how is,
1: it, it really is middle management conversation, right? They're I mean, like, "Yeah, I wish we could go, you know, be the bosses off in our own place and not have to deal with the, you know, that creepy
0: Nazgul up above." It's very strange and really well, like what's his face? George R. R. Martin has said that one of his inspirations for A Song of Ice and Fire. Was you know, Aragorn becomes a good king, and you know, and then what? Like, does he really just wipe out all the orcs? Should you just wipe out all the orcs? And previous to this, I was like, dude, it's just a fantasy. They're all evil. They like killing. And I guess I just forgotten this conversation. I'm like, man, they just want to be left alone in the country to steal from people on their own. I mean, that's not that bad. They're still fantasy
1: Nazis. <laughs> but like, like, they still went along with fantasy Hitler.
2: Yep.
0: No, that's true. I got gotcha. you. I guess we don't have any orcs betraying the other orcs and joining joining the Gondorians. <laughs> okay, sure, sure, sure. But I can see where George was coming from. Is all I'm saying.
1: No, I mean for sure. It's it's like it's a humorous conversation in that it. I mean, for lack of a better word, it shows the humanity of them. Yeah, it shows the orc humanity of them. <laughs> but also, then they're just like, but Orcity. you know, we're here. We're gonna go kill some people. They go off to war.
0: Right? They're like, I, I like how like after the war they're like or like they say something about how after the war there'll be more space because they'll have killed all the people. God. <laughs> and they can just go live out there. <laughs> yeah. Like still fantasy Nazis. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they also discuss how love got stabbed and how no one has ever managed to do that before and how it must be some big ass warrior that got through to her. It's so good. <laughs> um one of them says they have orders to send anyone they find to Lugberts along with every trinket they have on them. They specifically mention a ring. And Lugbert's is Barad-Dur. Okay,
1: yeah. I was like, pretty sure this is Barad-Dur, right? We had to learn this in the chapter with all of the different orc bands.
0: I do think it's hilarious that the ring is translating for Sam, but doesn't translate that one word. (laughs) Of course. Uh, The the other one points out that there won't be much on Frodo, as he obviously had a companion, the one who stabbed Shelob and cut through her webbing. And to get the best of Shelob, he must be a great warrior, probably an elf, and that they should find this dude before they send Frodo to Lugbert's. As the conversation trails to an end, one of the orcs calls Frodo carrion meat, and the other points out that Shelob doesn't eat cold meat or drink dead blood. She poisons them to paralyze them and takes them back to her lair to eat them slowly. But either way, Frodo is very much alive. Sam realizes he has been an idiot and should have listened to his instincts telling him not to leave Frodo, so he follows the orcs back to their tower to try to come up with a plan but is locked out when they take Frodo inside. And so, the book ends with a captured Frodo inside the tower. A ring-bearing Sam outside and a locked gate between them. So, of course, we're going to switch back to the other group for the beginning of Return of the King. Of course, and not, not, and not come back to what happens here for quite a few chapters. But that is the end of the two towers. I just,
1: I love the talking between the two orcs. But also, my favorite thing is that they have a bunch of just, like, sounds that they make in the middle of stuff. And they're like, mm-hmm. hi, hi, yoy, yeah, harry, hoy. But the first thing they say is yep. probably meant to be either hola or hola but it just sounds, yep. it's just hola gorbag what are you doing up here it's just like yeah. it's like they're taking a first level spanish class and they're like hola gorbag como estas <laughs> 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 and i just I, you're, you can't take them seriously anyway but i really couldn't take them seriously after
0: that yeah it was ridiculous <laughs> i i like reread that like 3 times i'm like does that say hola like, is that, like Like, Tolkien must have known he was a, like, he's aware of the Spanish language
1: that's great
0: seems like a very strange choice but you yeah, know the conversation between them was fabulous and so, like just
2: so weird
1: yeah it's so inane yeah it's like utterly inane and yet they're talking about you know wanting to have a place to kill people in peace
2: is that so much to ask <laughs> I'm sad
0: that this is the final chapter of the two towers and there's no golem in it so there's no golem voices for us to do
2: oh yeah Oh. That would have brought we it all together. didn't do any together. last
0: week either. Yeah.
2: I mean,
1: we could just like go back and pick random lines, but.
0: That's okay. that's I, we could. We can do
2: it for our drunk Tolkien.
0: I think that that's when we're going to have to play our submissions. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so basically drunk Tolkien is just going to be us doing Gollum. I mean. And hopefully good. some listeners doing Gollum. We have three Let's submissions so far, and we would like more. All of our submissions so far are from uh, men, which we appreciate, all of our listeners, obviously, but I would really love to get some some women in here, some non-men folk also would be good, doing some golem, not just us. Did anybody else have any favorites?
2: Um, we read mine when we were talking about Sam's indomitable spirit. Mm-hmm. Just-
0: Sam was so good in this champion. so
2: good. Yeah. Yeah, I,
1: I know he made all the wrong choices, but also most of them were, like, really logical cir- choices oh, under yeah. the circumstances. Where it's like, Le- my short summary path. was a
0: joke. Mm-hmm. He did what he had to do.
1: No, it's just, it's, it's like, you feel so bad for Sam. You're like, you couldn't have known. Yeah. Even, like, listened for breath in a heartbeat. like, you
0: I'm not very well. <laughs> <laughs> no, not yeah. very well.
1: I guess the only other thing is that it's really funny what kind of sticks with you. From reading this, like, you know, almost two decades ago, is that I always just sort of remembered Sam cutting off the, like, claw on She-Love. Right. For whatever reason, like, that little fight stuck with me. So much of this, absolutely not. But that and specifically the cutting off the end of the, the
0: claw. Because I've seen how they do this in the movies so many times, I've completely forgotten that Sam put the ring on. Mm-hmm. And for me, that makes his ending make so much more sense, his ultimate ending, mm-hmm. because if he just sort of like carried it in his pocket for a while, as in my head, I was like, mm, are you a ring bearer? But the fact that he had it on here for like 10 minutes, that makes much more sense.
1: Yeah, it it, it was definitely interesting seeing him like put it on and feel the weight immediately. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's people always joke after watching the movies like, oh, Sam should have just carried it the whole way. But Sam doesn't really fare any better than Frodo. I hate when people say shit like that.
0: Oh, bothers me so much.
1: Yeah, They also should have just ridden the Eagles the entire way.
2: Well, that's valid, though. <laughs> that's like, come on. Where were they, eagles?
0: The eagle thing doesn't bother. It's like people who say that Neville would have been a better Harry than Harry. I don't know what Harry was. You know what I Chosen mean? One? It's like, mm-hmm. e- I guess. Okay. But like, the, the evil was defeated. Everything worked out. If, if you think it would have been better some other way, write like better how? Right. Write your own how? book, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> your own book or for. like, okay, well, there's that. But also, if you think, you don't know, it's like sometimes in books people say like the characters who don't understand that it's a story you know what i'm saying they will say oh it would have been better the other way i'm like you won actually so if 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 it doesn't make sense to want to change anything because you don't know you might not have won i anyways yeah Yeah. off. stick with the ending that got you where you need to be (laughs) yeah anyways i this chapter more than any other so far has really shown me why People have Sam as their favorite Hobbit slash character. Yeah, he's,
2: he's really he good is, in this one.
0: He is very good. And I have I don't disparage Sam. I love the Sam. He is good. Just Frodo's my favorite because he's better. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess on that note, we'll leave him behind until a while from now. I hate
0: this switching back and forth. We've talked about it before, though, so it's fine. I am actually excited to get back to Aragorn and Merry and Pippin and Gandalf and the war. we got some good. Fighting. Got some some Durnhelm coming up. Everybody loves a good Durnhelm.
2: Everybody loves a good Durnhelm. <laughs> no, they don't. That's not true at all.
0: But okay. So, our next episode will be Gollum impersonations. Please, please send them in. We will be drunk and doing golemy things. And all other we're gonna... stuff too. So, yeah. Yeah. If you want to send anything in that you want drunk us to talk about while we do Gollum impressions. So, we won't have any voice. This is going to be the best drunk episode. <laughs> we're gonna have no voice we're gonna have, yeah, I mean, have so much fun that too no voice and so much fun
2: only requirements
0: next time <laughs> on so you want to read Tolkien but until <laughs> then you can check out our patreon at patreon.com slash so you want to read Tolkien if you want to support us in a non-monetary way you can leave us a rating or review on iTunes or your podcast listening program of choice you can tweet at us at to you can send your Gollum impersonations and or questions for us to discuss. Email them to us at wanttoreadtolkien at gmail.com. And you can check out our Instagram at instagram.com slash. So you want to read Tolkien. And that's it for this week. We made it, guys. It. One more book to go before we're Deeply done. confused with our lives. Yeah, I don't know. Existential start- dread. <laughs> Existential dread. My favorite. We're going to have to figure out <laughs> what we're doing after Return of the King. Are we even going to be friends? Who knows?
2: (laughs) (laughs) Signs point to
0: yes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. I will see you all next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Anyways, and that is part of a uh, bigger ish, almost uh, like him, like I said before. It's almost like a <laughs> sonnet, is the word I was going for. Because <laughs> it's done in uh, iambic tetra. T- t- oh, for fuck's sake. I'm just going to cut all that out. Whatever. Poetry shit. <laughs> Anyways. <clears throat> Not just us. Are you guys mm-hmm. still there? Yeah. Yep. Okay. Sorry, you were doing that. No, for a minute there, I just felt like I was in this vast emptiness. <laughs> well, that's life. Yeah,
2: you are in. the We're vast back emptiness. to the existential
1: dread. <laughs> the ex- The existential dread of middle management. Oh Jesus! Yeah.